Good morning, church. Y'all hear me? Well, we're still continuing with our series. Uh, September is our family month. Amen. And uh, today we are going to be uh, continuing, still talking about hookups and upgrades. Amen. We are going to be focusing on uh, uh, the singles. And uh, next week we'll wrap it up. And the week after, we are going to be. Uh, having our family fun day. Amen. So quickly, I'm going to invite uh, Greg and Dillian, amen, to the platform. Come on, give it up for them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, what we want to do this morning is we want to just go through uh, with them. We want to just join them in their journey and find out uh, what exactly has been happening in their lives. And uh, Greg and Dillian, I've known them for quite some time now. And uh, I believe they have a marriage relationship that is to be uh, looked up to for most of us who are still young couples. Amen. Amen. And uh, it, it, it hasn't always been easy for them. Uh, very close to me, uh, I'm mentoring Dillian in a ministry as well. And it hasn't been easy, but it's been uh, just an awesome, phenomenal journey that most of us in here can learn from. Amen? Amen. Whether you're still single, whether you're divorced, you will learn something uh, today. Amen? Or you're already married, you're definitely going to learn something today. Amen? Amen. So just uh, relax and uh, get your seatbelt seat belt on. Let's rock and roll. So basically, here's where we want to start. I want to start with you, Dillian. May you just give us a, a brief history about uh, your life. Just briefly, uh, this is, you know, before you actually got married. Okay. Um, I Can grew, we have some volume, please? I grew up in a, in a wonderful home with godly parents. Uh, I was very close to my dad. Uh, my older brother had brain damage Born, not bad, but he was suffered in life. Because of that, I also suffered. Obviously, I was a happy child. But there was something in my life that hurt me very much. My mom never loved me. That's how I perceived it. She never. She always told us she never wanted children. My dad loved. We were four children, and I think that had a big impact on my life because all her energy and time also went into my brother because of his problems at school and all of that. So. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I knew God, I loved God with all of my heart, but there was always a deep sadness within me. And I've and been from that. Now, going into your first marriage, did you want to just talk about that a little bit? Yes, yes. Uh, what transpired there? I think what, what came from my life was that I couldn't wait to get up out of the house. Out of the house, yeah. And when we were young, it was very, it was normal to marry quite early. Right. And I actually... Because for me, I was always ugly. I was always a stupid one. So, um, I... Okay. <laughs> From the perspective of, of my <laughs> So, anyway, this guy that I met him when I was in retreat, he was at university. He was the social guy. He had the most beautiful nature. 
everybody loved him, very clever for studying to be an engineer, and he fell in love with me. And right. I got married at the age of 21. Right. But my main, I think it was the first time in my life apart from my dad that someone liked me. Right. And I definitely wasn't ready. So it was almost like an escape route going into definitely. the marriage. And, and basically in within the marriage, what kind of challenges? Okay, before you even got into the marriage, did, did you have any promptings of the Holy Spirit? Did you see any signs in the relationship that no. this wasn't the right person? No, there was one incident, incident that I remember that he got very angry with me and he got in the car and left me where I was. That was just a practical thing that happened. But I knew God, but I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. Right. But I had an uneasiness in my, me, which only you discover years later. Right. But I went, and my mom hated him. She right, hated him right. because she hated anybody that loved him. Oh. So my reaction was, she just hates him, so obviously he must be good for me. Right, right, right. So that was your logic. But you said something about an uneasiness, you know, that you discovered later. Um, was, was that uneasiness, especially for the ladies, if there's anything in your heart, any question, Anything that you have to explain to yourself, or that you have to make explain yourself away. Big, explain away, or justify. Right. That's all I can say. So, now fast forward to, you know, um, uh, post-divorce, because obviously it didn't work out with this guy. And I know you mentioned some of the challenges that you faced within the marriage. Were there, was there any abuse, you know, verbally? I was married for three days and on honeymoon he got angry with me and he almost killed me with a telephone in the, he broke the telephone on my head and walked away and that was the beginning of a very abusive seven year relationship. But what I want to say is that I didn't even know people swear at each other, that's how I grew up. I didn't know that people talk harshly to each other or that, I wasn't used to that. So my whole life fell apart because Two days ago, I was standing at the pulpit with this man who promised that he would love me for the rest of his life and take care of me. And this was the life. But I never told. I was so ashamed. And I think shame is something many people can relate to. That you're so ashamed, you don't speak about it. So, yeah. So I got divorced, but my parents told me, the church told me, you've got the beautiful personality, you will make this work. So many times, I cried out for help, and they would tell me divorce is bad, you will have to go back. So I hung down a seven-story building once, lots of things. I can write a book of what I had been through. Yeah. Um, and then my dad you. eventually, a pastor went to see him who saw abuse and heard it in our house. And my dad sort of took me in the night with four little girls, the twins were two months old, and they took me away. So at this time, now you have the, uh, four children. Okay, we'll come back to that story. We'll take a commission. <laughs> now, on to you. <laughs> on to you, Greg. <laughs> it took you about uh, uh, 39 years to finally meet with the love of your life. Why so long? <laughs> okay, this is not a commercial break. This is a comical break. <laughs> um, everyone in my family, I grew up in a, in a Christian family, um, and uh, everyone said 
that I would be the first one to get married. And uh, that didn't happen. Um, in my 20s, I studied, um, I did a lot of hunting, a lot of shooting, um, things that guys <laughs> like to do. Yeah. I played. Um, I studied. Um, we weren't very, in the, group that I, in the groups that I was moving in, there were not very many um, women, in, you know, uh, girls available. So it kind of just happened. Early 30s, I started meeting girls, but they were just recently divorced. You know, the right, seven year age right. thing? Right. That was them. <laughs> so I met those girls, but they were not interested in a relationship. They had obviously just come out of a marriage that had failed, and they were not interested in a relationship, which is what I wanted. Got to the age of 35, I met a girl, which actually was my secretary, um, and I got involved with her. We got engaged, and I really thought this was it. And it didn't work out. And I was really hurt uh, because of that whole thing. So when that relationship ended, it, I, I really was not interested. I didn't want to take that risk again. And then I hit 39. And right. I sat back one day and I said, you know what? I'm not going to meet a woman. Um, this is it. I'm going to relax now. And I'm going to enjoy my life. And then God said, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> perfect lady for you. That's right. My wife. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and how did you guys, you know, uh, meet? How did you cross paths? This is actually going to be a bit of a tandem story because they're two very distinct sides right, to right. the story. So, so um, we had a, a Belinda and I worked for the same company, Rainbow. Um, and we had our Christmas function, and we went out to lunch, and everyone went back to the office to drink more and more and more. And I really was not interested. I, you know, just that, that wasn't my scene. So when everyone left at the, um, the restaurant that they had lunch at, um, I went straight home. And I got home, and very unusually, I sat on my bed, and I thought, I really don't want to be here like I, I don't want to be alone. Because you've got to understand, you can be alone, or you can be lonely. You can, in fact, you can be with people, or you can be lonely. I was both in that moment. So I didn't want to be alone. And I got back in my car and went back to the office. That I never did before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, what I want to say is because we've talked about you saying something that. Like, did God give us a word, yep. you know, about Greg? But it was not like that at all. This was really divine intervention. Because Greg decided at 39, this is it. Yep. And I was hurt. Or oh, after the divorce, I mean, I just wanted financial security. I had four girls. I could never provide for them. So there was always a quest to find someone to help me raise these children. So I had a, a boyfriend or a friend, someone who was very dear to me, and he was much younger than me. And I said, are you crazy? You've never even been married. You can't marry me. But he wanted to marry me. He hasn't even had children. And so I broke off a few months ago. I broke it off with him. And then um, that day, after that Christmas lunch, I was supposed to meet him to discuss this. And then while we, when we came out of the lunch, he let me know that he was in a car accident. His cars arrived off 
So he can't meet me later. So he was that. driving from somewhere? He was driving some from somewhere. And right. I've already organized the children to be with my mom, so I thought, I'm not going home. <laughs> <laughs> something something I have I'm a visa. <laughs> but, the kids can stay with you. But what I want to tell you, the way that I got to this job was I lost my job. Our company just closed three months earlier. Right. And I remember I lived in Pretoria all my life. Someone phoned me an old manager and said, Lillian, I've been looking you all over. We've got a job for you. And I said, okay, fine. I'm coming. When? And I started in Randwick. And I remember driving that morning to Randwick saying, Lord Jesus, why do I have to work in Joburg? Was there nothing else for you? <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? That's where I met Greg. But with me staying that that afternoon as well, that was truly, that whole event right. was God loving us. Because we weren't like the other people drinking and partying. We started chatting together with the other friends. Mm -hmm. And eventually he just walked off, as you saw. <laughs> I think three hours later I said, Greg, I can't stand anymore. I need to sit down now. But that's how we started as right. friends, both of us saying to each other, nothing else. Okay, was there a point, you know, this is post-divorce, was there a point you ever thought God was not going to bring anyone into your life? Or the enemy tried to convince you somehow? I, I had that because obviously I have tried and I have failed. And also, I was a woman with four children. Who on earth is going to marry someone with four kids? I mean... I was a loner also. <laughs> so yes, definitely. That's why I always tell the ladies, if I could get the best man in the world. Come on. Anybody yeah. I'd like to add something here. I, wanted, I just want to make this um, very plain. When, when, I left my, when I left home, um, I no longer walked with the Lord. Or 20s and my 20s and my 30s, I can walk with you. I'm not saying this part. So you need to understand. Um, in retrospect, when Lillian and I discussed how we got together, I saw the hand of the Lord in what happened. To Come on, you were still faithful. I wasn't. And remember, because it's going to come, we're going to come back to this a bit later. Man, that's powerful. So this. You know, uh, uh, is, is a revelation to someone who might be thinking, you know, uh, uh, there's no one out there for me, or I'm, unqual I'm unqualified, or, you know, there could be so many reasons, but God is still faithful. Amen. You know, all you have to do is to trust in His process. Man, I love it. 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 Um, so, what advice basically? Would you kind of give someone who's at that place, uh, uh, starting with you, Dillian, who's at that place where they have, you know, been in a marriage relationship, let's start with those, and they have divorced, you know, it didn't work out, and now they are looking to get married again, you know. Uh, and then uh, secondly, what advice would you give someone who believes, you know, their quote-unquote biological clock is ticking, and uh, at, at what age, did you meet uh, Greg, if you don't mind? Uh, uh, okay, I'm four, almost four years older than Greg. But right. So I was 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 
something about you know uh, you know just getting married for the sake of getting married is not your solution you know both uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen you know because I, I, I know a lot of young people have the mindset you know let me just cross this line you know of getting married and then I'll fix it on the other side and it never works that way it's it's risky business because there's gonna be children involved and uh, there's gonna be your life involved as well and when you now get married to someone else after that, you have to take all of that with you into that next uh, relationship. So I want to just warn you. I want to just encourage you to think about it soberly. I mean, marriage is not to be entered into lightly. It is something that you have to think about seriously, pray about, hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, and submit your life to Him. 
So there is no such thing as, you know, let's just get married and then we'll fix all these issues on the other side. Because by then, you might have been destroyed. All right. Great. Um, you know, having been lived by yourself for so long, you know, and then now you've met this beautiful woman and now you have to move in and we now know the five years were <laughs> hell. How did you manage to adapt, you know, from the bachelor life to, you know, starting to cohabit with someone who is your wife? Because I know a lot of people, you know, mostly guys, when they get married older, they still want to live like bachelors, you know, still shooting and hunting, still hanging out with the boys. And it, it takes time for them to adapt, to realize, hey, wait a minute, I have a responsibility here. I have a family. For you, how long did it take and what helped you to adapt to becoming the man that you are? I think that um, it was incredibly difficult for me. Right. Um, as you said, I was a bachelor. Um, in fact, one of the reasons why the Lord um, specifically chose me for the year was because I had become incredibly self-destructive. Right. I started drinking too much. Um, I just wasn't looking after myself. Um, it really wasn't. I wasn't in a good place in my life. And um, so I met the Leon um, and went into this relationship. I guess with with a kind of a preconceived idea about what I expected. Um, I, I actually didn't try and carry on with my previous life to any great extent. But I was selfish. And I, I guess that, you know, if, if you've been alone for 39 years, you know, or really 20 years of being alone, um, you tend to become like that. And you don't know how to give. Um, and I think that, I think that the, the hardest thing for me to realize was just how much the Lord loved me. And I find it difficult to accept that. And in, in some ways I rejected that because I didn't feel I was good enough for it. But in rejecting that, I hurt her in the most significant ways. And it, yeah, five years, that's what it took to actually stabilize and realize you know, where all the responsibilities were. There's one, there's one piece of advice that I have for you, whether you're married or not, going into a relationship. And that's about ego. Okay. You're going to get into arguments. And one of the hardest things to do is to admit, A, that you're wrong. Or to take your ego. In, in, in sport, we actually have a saying, play the ball, not the man. Uh, yeah. okay. Deal with the subject in front of you. Do not attack the person. Come on, okay. This is vitally important. Right. This is about ego. If you're going to go into an argument, leave your ego outside the door. Listen to what your partner is telling you. It is one of the hardest things. I still, to this day, battle with this concept. Right. Don't let your ego get in, in, in between you and, and logical resolution of the problem in front of you. Man, you want to say something? I, I just want to give some good news. The fact is that we love each other. Right. We really, really loved each other. And I think we we realized how broken we were. So right. that was a fact. But we worked with that. Right. Because we there was no never a thing that I know I, I in the beginning I could say easily I'm just gonna walk because I used to run. 
I was used to running. I right. mean, if someone, if you're in an abusive relationship, you run wherever you can go to. So that was very easy for me to do. It was almost natural, which was very bad. But we loved each other, and we always, always came back to, you know, we, we would go and have a quiet moment, and then we would sort it out. One thing I want to say with Greg as well is the children helped a lot. Because in the beginning, they didn't accept him easily. Right. Mahri and Danette, the eldest, were fine, the two eldest, but the twins battled. They were 14 years old. You right. want to sell them anyway when they're 14 years old. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they were really, really difficult, and they challenged him until one night he said, you either pack your bags and meet me by the door, or you have a meeting with me in the office in an hour. Right. And they both broke down, they came there and they broke down. And that was the beginning of the year. So he was now starting to step into his because fatherly, he fatherly role. Right. That was one of the things I said, Greg, it still feels like I'm the father and the husband. And At the, the time. Because right. he didn't know how to do that. Yeah. And you have to have grace for someone who yeah. doesn't know how to do that. But that was definitely. So that was the turning moment when he realized, hey, listen, I have a responsibility and I'm a father to these children. You know, that uh, thing started to and work. And they adore him. They call him daddy. There's yeah. no other father. Come on. That's powerful. Man, this is awesome. And uh, so, so the journey uh, has begun now that you met and now you are, uh, you are married. And what was now your relationship with the Lord? What, what were the dynamics? Uh, within those five years and post those five years? We, when we first got together, we still, um, I certainly wasn't interested in going back to church, but I think that, right. um, I don't even know how many years it was, but Helen kept on asking me, please, you know, come to church with me, because she'd started going back to church. Right. And I was just like, seriously? But, um, <laughs> You know, I, but I want to. I want you to understand something here. The way that I've grown up, I, I grew up in a Baptist church, and it was very awful. It was about you're not allowed to dance, you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that, and you're a sinner. And why would I want to go back to that? That was my frame of reference. Who wants to go back to that? So, so, and I'm kind of digressing here slightly. Right, 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 right. My my daughter married a, a, a missionary from the states. And uh, he started to teach us the gospel, the true gospel. And then I got angry. Okay, because now for the first time, I understood what, what Jesus really had done to us. <laughs> and that's when it really changed. Come on. Yeah, well, I, Greg says, I went back to church, but I've always gone, I've always loved the Lord. So that was not really a thing for me. I think that. I want to tell you something, that even Greg's family told me how bad he was. Wow. Every time we had a visit, they would tell me, because he was the only smoker in the family, well, he's doing this, and he's doing this, and he's doing this, and, and I really got the idea, they love him dearly. It's not about right. that. But because of their Baptist, Baptist background, it's all about what you do. Yeah. It's not about who what you are. Yeah. And, and I just, every time they said something, you know, it felt like my heart was breaking. Because I knew God gave me his eyes because I could see this heart. Right. And I, I do believe that's why I said yes. Come on. Because even though his life looked 
completely different to the type of man that I would normally, at that stage, choose. Because I didn't right. want the same thing to, to happen to me again. But right. I, I had that, and I think you spoke about that, yeah. the Holy Spirit moment. Yeah. I knew. But he showed me who Brett was. He didn't know who he was. But I knew, I was so sure. And I started, I always shared with him. When I went back back, we used to share with him what, what happened, what was the message or something like that. And when Matt came, that right. was the beginning where we learned the true gospel, that our lives changed completely. Come on, that's powerful. And, and I know you mentioned this uh, to me personally, within those five years as well, would you like just to share uh, with our viewers? <laughs> Uh, I, I know you said there was a turnaround in your finances. You want to talk about that? Yes. And, and, and what impact, you know, your finances had in the first five years uh, of your marriage? In the first five years, well, we were both working for a company, the same company. I left there. We went to Algeria. I worked there for a year and a half. Um, Liam was with me, with me for most of the time. But I just always just earned and as an engineer, that's it. There's a certain level that you get to that you ain't earn more than that. Um, and that's why I carried on. And then we got to, um, it was about October 2010. And again, I'm still going back to church, and I knew about tithing, but I didn't tithe. And Berlin had been going on a boom, and we need to tithe our money. But now, you need to understand, and she explain her heart in this as well. We actually heard some of it when she was talking this morning about the prayer offering. It's a heart thing. Right. For me, it was a brain thing. I looked at my salary. And I said, my angel, I know that I earn X amount of money. If I take 10% of that and give it to the church, already, already in the last week of the month, we didn't either bought food or we bought petrol. So Choose. petrol won't because I had to get to work. Okay? And that's what it was like. I mean, you could go to our place, open the fridge, and there was milk because you could have coffee. That's it. That was what we had. So that October, I finally said, okay, my angel, we're going to tie this one. And that was the first month that we actually had money at the end of the month. Yeah. And I don't know, it was the same amount of money that we had money at the end of the month. From that time onwards, November, December, December, I resigned from the company I've been working for. From November yeah, to December? Yeah. That's like a month later? Yeah, yeah. Like a month later. And, and uh, in January, I started my own business. I made two phone calls. Okay. And I got two contracts that paid me more than what Come I was doing previously. Come on. Okay. From then onwards, and it's now five years later, um, the Lord, I have not made one phone call to get another job. Come on. The jobs come to me. Okay. Um, we we tithe, but we tithe more than than the ten percent because it's a biblical principle. If you give, you will receive. The Bible is God is there. He is faithful. He honors what you do. Amen. And um, you want to say something? Well, I just want to say about the giving. It was really my heart to always say to Greg that, yeah. I know that this is what we're supposed to do. But I want to tell you about him. 
he always used to say, because we couldn't live. Now you must understand, he, he, when he married me, I still had 20,000 rand debt from school funds and my kids were out of school. That gives you a little bit, not really, no, not the twins, but that's sort of how he got us with so many behinds. It's not even good. So when we, that's why we always battled financially. And, and then when we got to this, I used to say to Greg, Greg, you can do, because you work like seven days a week, 15 hours, 17 hours a day for this guy. And I used to say to him, your possibilities are so much more than what you, you are living. You, you are so clever. He is extremely yep. smart and clever. <laughs> and, and he did not see that. And I, with the tithing thing, what happened? His spiritual eyes opened because everybody said, you want to start a business in January? Are you crazy? I mean, how can you leave a job? Now, I'm not telling you to leave your job. That's right. You know, but, but that, that is a heart that is to completely surrender to God. And what God's word says is my truth. And we are, if I look today at our end of month, what, we don't have much in terms of what the world says we have. We don't even own a house. But people, we get to share into so many people's lives. That's right. And that's the blessing. Come because on. our blessing and our prosperity and our security is in Him. Come on. Amen. And uh, lastly, um, serving. You know, I know you guys have, uh, you know, since 2010, you started serving God. Uh, faithfully, and uh, how has serving God helped you overcome some of the challenges that you were faced with in the first five years? I think the first thing is when you serve, you take the focus off yourself. Come on. And there's definitely blessing in serving. And, and also it forces you to grow. Come on. Because when you serve, you get you, you are sort of, you are in the environment of other people and other people's lives. Mm. So our life has very much become, we're very selfish people, the two of us, about us. Right. It's, it's very important to us, and I think it's a very good quality in a marriage life. Yeah. This is us. Yeah. Okay? You, everybody else comes. So yeah. we never gave that up. Yeah. But, but I think to be with other people and to have a heart for other people, and yeah. to serve and to share God's love and that enriched us. Yeah. And I think, you know, serving uh, in a community is almost an extension of who you are at home. Because if you can't serve in a community, it's going to be very difficult to serve uh, at home. And that's what marriage is about. Marriage is about serving one another. And uh, for those of you who are single, this is a great characteristic to look out for. If someone does not put others before themselves in the general scheme of things, that's in a community setup, they're most likely going to put you before themselves. And if they don't put you before themselves and you're their husband, their wife, it's going to be a tough uh, marriage relationship to be in. I don't, I don't think there's anything worse than being married to someone who's selfish because marriage is all about serving you know, one another. Yeah, you want to say something about serving? Uh, yeah, you know, the funny thing is that um, at the previous church that we were at, one day I had a, a picture kind of, I don't know how it happened, but um, 
Because how do you visualize yourself? In, in, not, in terms, not only in terms of, of your, your physical, who you are in the world, the, the picture that you show to other people, but in the church as well, in terms of serving. And the picture that I've got of myself, um, you know, Winnie the Pooh, you know that little dog? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I had this picture of myself as evil. The reason being was that I felt that I carried the burden of the family, of the church, of, and you know how stupid that is? Yeah. Because seriously, you know, I thought about the, the donkey that carried Jesus into the, yeah. the town. Yeah. And he must have thought everyone was cheering for him. Yeah. Uh, seriously. And, and I had that, that feeling about myself yeah. as well. It's Jesus. And it's not about me. Yeah. Um, I'm a son. I'm a child of God. Yeah. Most like God. I'm a prince. Yeah. Yeah. And where does the gospel picture fit into that? Yeah. So it's much greater Come on. Than, than whatever I try and do. Yeah. God is so much greater. He's got so much more for all of us in terms of the relationship and where you're going to go. Um, just something very quickly to the guys, a message to the guys here. Right. Okay. If you're single and you're looking at getting married, first, firstly, relax. Okay. Chill out. Second thing, trust God. He has the perfect person for you. You've got to trust God. Okay. And there's a there's one very important thing here. When you get to the end of where you are, that's where God is and that's where He can work. Right. So if you're trying your best to get married, stop. Sit back. Just let God do it for you. Come on and be happy. Amen. Any parting words? Uh Lydia? I think it just on serving any server. Or any people who love to serve people are happy people. Yeah. yeah. Because your environment is so much better. Yeah. I just want to say that the Holy Spirit is not given to us without a reason. Yeah. That is our, that truly is our gift from God to us. We do not live any other way yeah. than by His voice. Amen. What He tells us. And you will choose the right person. And you will be blessed in marriage. Come on. Amen. Man, that was uh, Greg and Lillian. You want to give it up? Uh, that was amazing. And uh, I'm sure you learned one or two things uh, from being there. And I believe the voice of the Holy Spirit was also ministering to you while they were uh, sharing their story. Amen. And uh, here's what I want to say as we close. You know, take courage. God has your interests. Uh, uh, I mean, he, he wants you to be favored more than you want to be favored. He wants you to be blessed more than you want to be blessed. But you have to cooperate with him. You know, I always say, the Bible says, uh, uh, that he has a plan not to harm us. I mean, God plans to prosper us and give us an expected end. But the real question is, who are you planning to be prospered by? When it comes to relationships, uh, rely on the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if you meet someone, I mean, you know, and people know this. If you meet someone and you have to kind of hide them from people and do all kinds of scandalous things, you're already in the wrong place. You know what I mean? And you know it. Okay? And, and don't hide. Don't, don't lie to yourself. Don't be thinking, hey, I'm going to fix this when I cross. Because you will surely not be able to anything. Amen? Just live your life. Uh, submit it to God. Let the Holy Spirit be the one that will choose uh, your, your spouse for you. Amen? Amen.
Well, give it up again for Greg and Dylan and for the Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask everyone to stand as we pray and close. Thank you, Jesus. If you are here and you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're saying, Pastor, I want to receive him right now, just lift your hand wherever you are, and we will pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. You want to receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Going once, going twice, and gone. If you are here and you have sickness in your body, and you would like for us to pray for you, pray with you, just lift your hand wherever you are, and we will pray with you right about now. Going once, going twice, and gone. Well, we love you, and God bless you, and we just want to pray and release you. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for these, your children. Lord, we thank you for those who are in relationships. Father, we thank you that you have shared the love of God by the Holy Ghost in their hearts. Father, we thank you that they will serve one another. Lord, we thank you that they will love one another with the love of Christ. Father, right now, we pray for those who are single, Lord, we pray that they may be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that no accidental relationships that will lead them astray and away uh, from their relationship with you, astray and away from their destiny, uh, will be commissioned in their lives. We bind every relationship that is not of God right now in the name of Jesus. Those who are dating uh, uh, people that you have not called them to date, we pray a spirit of boldness, a spirit of commitment, a spirit of not relying on the voice and the hand of the flesh, a spirit of totally relying on God. Even as you say in your word that if we trust you, if we trust in the Lord with all our hearts, you will bring us to the desires of our hearts. Father, we thank you that they will be fully committed to you, that they will uh, trust you with everything that they have. Lord, we thank you that in this community you will teach them, train them to serve. Train them to serve, Father, that when they eventually get married, they will be ready to serve each other. Lord, we thank you and we give you glory in the mighty, matchless name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have prayed and everyone say, Amen, amen and Amen. Well, we love you and God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. For we... Walk by faith and not by sight.